It's that time for Cover 3U, the college football degenerates, as we head into the week five of the college football season. It is uh, Monday afternoon here at approximately 4.12 p.m., and I am with the other two degenerates. Phil, welcome back. Not sure where you're at next week, but we're glad to have you back on the podcast. How are you doing today? Uh, glad to be back to keep you assholes in chat. <laughs> and then uh, uh, there you go. The Wolverine fan is, is back, even though after that, uh, well, for lack of better words, shitty performance last week against Wisconsin. That's putting it nicely. And then we're here with the uh, Irish fan, who's also coming over a hard, hard-fought game against the Georgia Bulldogs. Pat, how are we doing? Doing well. Doing well. All right. And and I'm not going to lie. The, I'm Jameson, your Hokie fan. I'm not going to lie, guys. I have a little more swagger uh, today than usual, and I'll tell you why. I didn't have to watch Virginia Tech lose, for one. And then, two, I didn't have to evaluate a win that was uh, lacking uh, offensive production from my team. So it was good to have a bye week to watch other, other games and – uh, the other reason I have a little bit of swagger is I'm your winner for the second week straight in the uh, wagers against one another. Uh, so before we head into the games, and before we talk about some of the games that stood out in, in week four, we'll kind of recap where we are on bets here. Uh, myself, again, your big week, winner last week for the second week in a row. Uh, I went a total of six and three last week, uh, putting me at 20, 21, and two for the season. Uh, getting close to that 500 mark finally. Uh, Patrick, you didn't do too shabby. Uh, you went four and three last week. You just had a couple of few. Just another week with a winning record. Yeah, you still had a winning record, and you have the um, the winning record overall at 28, 23, and two. So again, you're setting listen up, to what I have to say. <laughs> you're setting up plus 25 bucks for the season, and then Phil, who came out of the gates hot in this podcast with his wagers. Uh, finished one and five last week. I think that may have had something to do with your absence last week on the Pat Cashy thing. I'm not going to blame it on that. Um, but I would say, yeah, if you want to make any money, listen to Pat, take his advice, and then do whatever I say do the opposite of that. And, you know, you're still setting at 18 and 22 for the season. This is my week, though. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was your winner last week for the second week straight. But overall, Pat is your guy. Um, you know, we're not full of a lot of knowledge here, but – you know, we do like to shoot the shit and talk about some college football and have a good time doing it. So uh, with that being said, what games kind of stood out to you, uh, Pat, last week? Do you want to talk about that Notre Dame game at all? Yeah, might as well talk about it. I thought it was a hell of a matchup. And credit, really, both teams for, for scheduling a home-at-home. Home. You know, in my opinion, that's the way college football should be. You play it on campus. Don't worry about all this neutral site shit, you know, in Atlanta like Alabama likes to do. Um, they say they'll schedule anybody, but they won't. Um, other than that, uh, really, the game, in my opinion, came down to three things. Uh, number one um, was obviously the penalties. Um, and credit Georgia's crowd. I mean, walking into that place, it looked like the beginning to a fucking WWF event or some shit like that. I mean, they had lights flickering. And it was like, oh, my God, hope, hope, hopefully there's not a malfunction and, you know, the place doesn't go dark. But anyway. Yeah, have the in there. <laughs> it, was, it was wild. But, uh, you know, they were jazzed up for the game, rightfully so. And then... Uh, you know, so the penalties were one. Then you move into uh, not getting a first down in the third quarter. That kind of started to gas the defense a little bit. And then, you know, not being able to convert that fourth down, obviously. Um, Notre Dame did a great job picking up blitzes all night. And, and whenever it really mattered on that fourth and nine, uh, there was some miscommunication up front, and the blitzers came through. Um, but anyway, uh, great game. Uh, that's what college football is all about. Uh, whoever thinks Notre Dame's not legit, in my opinion. You are 
out of your mind. You don't know anything about college football. <laughs> well, so. I, I do think they are legit. I said all along they're a top ten team. I just have always questioned if they're going to be a playoff team again this year. But I don't think they are. They're absolutely a top ten team. Um, you contained DeAndre Swift really well that game, which was really impressive for most of the game. And then he just kind of slowly chipped away at you. He, he, he ended up with 98 yards. That's what good backs do, though. I yeah, mean, they, they, they wear do. down defenses. They and do. Good offensive lines. And I, I can't say anything other than Georgia's a damn good team. And uh, Jake Fromm did what he does. I mean, he completed a couple of what? He completed three back shoulder throws that really kind of turned the yeah. tide. I like that guy. He had a good game. Swift, while you had him, held him under 100 yards at 98 total, it just kind of finally caught up to Notre Dame towards the end of the game. I thought when that muff punt happened personally, I thought, okay, Notre Dame has a shot here. That shot here, that was the opportunity that they got that I thought, okay, they can win the game, even though it was early. Hey, funny, funny story about that. My wife, she was sitting down here watching the game with me, and I got all excited, pumped up, and slammed the, you know, you know, slam my hand up against the door, and she said, "All you wanted them to do was come in and compete." And I go, "Fuck that! They're here to win now." Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they played I got well. Pretty excited about that. They played one. better defensively than I thought they would, and you know, they were in the game for pretty much the whole time. They just slowly got worn down. But look out for Notre Dame the rest of the year. Uh, uh, Phil, what games kind of stood out to you last week? Well, you know, the game I watched uh, the most of was the Michigan game. Pat was just talking about going out there and competing something that Michigan did not do any of. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor came out and ran for 203, two touchdowns. He had holes the size of the Grand Canyon he was running through. I felt like myself I could even probably gain 100 yards, uh, you know, behind that offensive line and Michigan's lack of push up front. Um, and then that Ben Mason fumble. I haven't given him a carry all year. They went and gave him that carry down like the five or the seven on that first drive. And, of course, he coughed it up. Kind of doing more of the same what Michigan does. Um, so really, you know, I was kind of pissed off. The only bright spot was I got to see Shea Patterson get benched for about five minutes until McCaffrey <laughs> came in, and then Wisconsin took a, almost took his head off there, so he's got a concussion. That was a cheap shot. That was a cheap shot. Yeah. Um, you know, have they said if he's all right? He's got a concussion, so Man. he's out for a while. And Shea, Shea Patterson's actually questionable this week, so. We'll see what happens there. You know, they really don't have anything to uh, to play for really now, I think. They're, they're going to have a rough time the rest of the go. Hopefully they should be able to handle Rutgers this week. But, uh, yeah, that uh, that game, it's going to be a long season for me, it looks like. You know, Shea Patterson, when you go 14 of 32, he had to throw the ball around a lot late because they got behind so quick. And then, you know, Jonathan Taylor – 203 total yards. Holy smokes. And he almost missed – he pretty much missed the entire quarter yeah. with cramps. Yeah, he, that, he could have went impressive. off for even more. Yeah. You know, if you just look at the rushing, Jonathan Taylor, 203, Shaw, 53, Groshek, 40, Watson, 31. They ran for well over 350 yards last week on Michigan, which that's not ever going to get the job done. No. No, it's and not. And you hear a lot about Don Brown's defense. You know, he's just, I don't know what's going on there. I don't either. I think it's the lack of D-line. They're, they're not as big or as, uh, get as much push as they They did lose can. a lot up front, I mean, and at linebacker, but – Still, you would expect them to be able to fare a little bit better than that. Yeah, that's all I really got to say about that there. It sucked. Well, the game I want to talk about, too, I thought was probably one of the game, the best games of, of college football Saturday was that Pitt-Central Florida game. And, you know, Pitt has shown something to me that – well, they reminded me of something Saturday that you don't see in pro football, but you can certainly see in college football on a regular basis, and that is player progression team progression teams getting better throughout the season 
Um, these are young athletes. So if you have a good coaching staff and you have good talent, you can get a lot better from week one to as early as week four, week five, week six. I think Pitt is trending in that way. I mean, they put up a fight against Penn State the week before. They come out and beat number 15 Central Florida. After going up 21 to nothing, then giving up that lead Mm -hmm. late in the game, and then to rebound and win the game late on a crazy, what was that, a reverse handoff pass to the quarterback? Yeah, the Philly special right there, isn't it? Yeah, it was like a complete – copy of what philly did in the super bowl i mean that that was that's college football at its finest i mean you know seeing teams progress and get better i was telling you that Pitt was no better than buffalo in week two and they've just gotten so much better um pickets a much better quarterback than he was week one and that's what i may focus my two-minute drill on at the end of this podcast is is how teams can progress from week one week two week three as the season goes on because you know, these are young athletes. They're in. They're playing college ball to get better here. So, um, another game that kind of stood out before we head into uh, uh, week five is UVA. I think UVA is starting to show their weaknesses. The offensive line looks not very good. They only beat Old Dominion by what was it? By a touchdown? Yeah, they may have been looking ahead a little bit. Looking back and looking ahead, it was kind of the ultimate trap game for UVA, in my opinion. You know, they had the the last second victory against Florida State, and they suck. But yeah. and then they're looking ahead to a trip to South Bend this weekend. Yeah, and that's gonna that's one of only two top twenty-five games we have in Week Five. I'm going. To, I'll say this: Old Dominion should have won that game. They threw a pick six that was just stone smart. Threw a terrible ball. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but they were up seventeen to nothing against UVA. UVA comes back and wins 28-17. to One of those touchdowns UVA scored was on a pick six. The other touchdown they scored was, did you see Old Dominion go for it on fourth down on their own 30 with the lead? No, I, I was focused on I was I had multiple screens going on at the old man cave. But, uh, yeah, UVA was down by a touchdown. Old Dominion had the ball. Ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. They go for it on fourth and one from their own 30-yard line. They don't get it. UVA scores two plays later to take the lead. So, I mean, it, it was interesting. Um, play calling by Old Dominion. They probably should have won the game. But UVA, you're a top 25 team, but I definitely saw a lot of weaknesses. You may have some trouble in South Bend this week. So, with that being said, let's head into our week five uh, season. Uh, here in college football, we have some uh, games marked down, 22 to be exact. Uh, for the week five season, we'll talk about them a little bit and place wagers with one another like we do every other week, every week here on Cover 3U. Um, and look at that. The first game we have on the list this Friday night, the Virginia Tech Hokies uh, return to action with Duke coming to town at Lane Stadium. Virginia Tech is currently favored by three uh, in Lane Stadium on a Friday night game, 7 p.m. kick. What do you all think with that spread? Keep in mind this spread came out at nine and a half, Virginia Tech's favored, and it dropped to three like that. So a lot of people think the way Virginia Tech's been stagnant this year, uh, they think Duke can can hang with the Hokies. What do you all think? I think it's a big game for Fuente. I do. Um, There's a lot of rumblings going on. I mean, none of it's legit. I mean, he's not going anywhere. But anyway, in terms of just shutting some people up, I think it's a big game for Fuente. It pretty much this game comes down to who's going to win, Duke or Virginia Tech. It's a three-point line right now. Phil, what do you think? Well, you know, I think that line is interesting because it's at Lane Stadium, right? 
Yep. So if they give them a three-point favorite, that means it's basically a pick them almost. Yep. They're, they're basically considering them even. Um, and I don't know if that is so much that line change so much as because of Duke's play this year or Virginia Tech's play mm-hmm. or lack thereof this year. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to have to go with uh, Duke and the points in this one myself. Yeah, that's uh, that's not a bad pick, Phil. <laughs> um, and and you know me being the Hokie fan, you know of course we're going to be a little longer winded on the games that you know we're fans of than the others. But I don't want to make it too long. But I'll, I'll say this: I may take Virginia Tech just because I'm a Hokie fan, and I'm going to be there once again uh, live, going down early in tailgate. So I'll take the Hokies just because I'm a Hokie fan. But I do not feel confident whatsoever. Uh, I'm hoping this bet will make me cheer a little louder while I'm there. And how Is that about possible? the team? Uh, no, probably not. I've seen you. You're pretty, Maybe uh, drink a little more though. Part of the loud crowd over there. <laughs> but uh, you know, here here's the thing about Virginia Tech. You're right. It's not so much what Duke has done; it's what Virginia Tech has done that makes that uh, line interesting. You know, Duke looked awful against Alabama, but it was Alabama. They took care of business against a couple of FCS opponents and no namers. I think they ended up winning by combined score of like 80 to like 20-something their next two games after Alabama. Virginia Tech, on the other hand, they're just not getting any offense. They have no running game. um, And I'm sure you've you've seen this firsthand plenty of times is, you know, a night game at Lane Stadium, that place does get rocking. It's kind of a different atmosphere at night. You know, it gets the the kids a little more time to get lubed up and uh, a little rowdier. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's probably the main reason I'm going to take the Hokies. If this was at Duke, I would be scared shitless. I'm, I'm still scared shitless. I'm but, passing on this game. But, you know, but I will say this about Virginia Tech. They, their defense is getting better and better each week. They're a whole lot better than they were last year. Bud Foster is turning this defense around. They look really good. The offense is what's stagnant. There's no running game. But it is possible for college football teams to progress and get better, like we see in Pitt. And Virginia Tech is starting, I want to say – 10 freshmen I think 90% of their starting roster on both sides of the ball is freshmen or sophomores so if anybody's going to progress it's the freshmen and sophomores Uh, if we get Damon Hazleton and our center back who've been injured uh, we may get things rolling but you're right Pat it's a key game for Fuente the Virginia Tech fan base may start losing their minds if they lose this one so put it on paper I'll take the Hokies this is the week the Hokies will show progression on the offense this is the week they'll continue to show that progression on defense I think it's going to be a great game to start the season. With that being said, kudos to college football for having more Friday night games. It's awesome. I concur. I wish they would go back to more Thursday night games. and I'd give like them, Wednesday night, and give Thursday them, night, Friday night. Every yeah. night. Do it every night. I, I love the action on, like, Tuesday night. I you know too. what I mean? Yeah. It just get rid of – I mean, give the middle finger to the NFL and start playing again on Thursday, in yeah. my opinion. Um, oh, one more thing about Virginia Tech. Did you hear they uh, hired Jerry Kill? the old Minnesota head coach, to be Frente's direct assistant. I did see something about that. Yeah. But anyways, I think the purpose of that was to give Frente more hands-on on the X's and O's on the offense side of the ball. He, he has too much CEO responsibility, so help, hopefully Jerry Kill can help with that. But anyways, moving on. Uh, Penn State uh, goes to Maryland. Uh, they're six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, what do you all think about the Nittany Lions and Terrapins here in week five? Anybody? I'm confused about Maryland right now at this point. I they, you know, they come out, start the season those first two games, come out hot, look like world beaters there, you know, go have a tough time against Temple, end up losing that, and Temple turns around and loses, as we discussed earlier, Pat and I were. It's, it's not a bad Buffalo team, but, you know, not on not on the same level there. Um, I'll take the Terps. Maryland. Just straight up, I'll take the Terps. I mean, I, I'm getting, what, six and a half? 
Is that what the line Yeah, are? both teams want to buy. And I think what we're seeing are these Friday night kickoffs. Those teams are getting buys the week before, which makes sense. So yeah. both teams want to buy. The last time we saw Penn State, they edged out Pitt. The, the crowd's going to be that. mainly Penn State in college, in college Park. I mean, but – I think the Terps are going to be tough to handle for Penn State. And I, it goes back to what I said a few weeks ago where they're going to beat two out of the three in the West or in the East, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Give me the Terps. Okay. I'll, be, I'll take some action on that. At six and a half, seven, I'd be a little more skeptical. But six and a half, I kind of like it. By a touchdown, it kind of gives me that, that little bit of leeway there. So, uh, you know, I'll take that. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, I'll let you guys go to town. I'll be too, too busy in Lane Stadium to track the game anyway. So, you know, I'll mosey over my eyeballs over to the uh, scoreboard to check the score periodically. But I'll be focused on the Hokies. You guys have fun with that. I don't have a clue. Can't wait. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a, going to be a running match. You're going to see a lot of good running backs in that game. you got Devin Ford, a highly uh, five-star recruit at running back for Penn State, true freshman who's having a good season. And then you got all that speed on the Maryland side of the ball. So, you should see a, a lot of rushing attack there in that football game. Uh, moving on to Arizona State um, at Cal. Cal is five-point favorites. Uh, little West Coast matchup. What do you all think? A- Arizona State's defense, in my opinion, is pretty legit. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess they played Michigan State, and we all know their offense is a damn train wreck. Cal just went to uh, Ole Miss and, and pulled off the upset there. I think they were they were underdogs, even though they were ranked and on the road against a pretty shitty Ole Miss team. Took, uh, you know, some Pac-12 officiating to get it done, but uh, they got it done nonetheless. So, uh, anyway, I, I will go with the Sun Devils here in the points. What was the spread again? The spread is Cal favored by five. Now, um, did you all see – in that upset against Ole Miss, the last play of the game there where the clock ran out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should have they should have stopped the play and reviewed it and then had one more shot, uh, stopped the clock. It, they, it was just terrible officiating. Yeah, it was. So, you know, while it was an upset, it really did come down to a last-second controversial play. But um, I don't know if that has anything to do with the game. But I just wanted to notate that Arizona State's been kind of up and down. Pac-12 is crazy. I kind of have a goal. I'm going to try to bet on every game today. You guys want action. <laughs> so, I'll take it. All right. I don't know shit about Pac-12 football, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, but, you know. So, you're, you're taking uh, Cal. Taking Cal. To yeah. cover more than uh, five. Five, yep. And I'm kind of worried because it looks like that game opened up at Cal only favored by three and a half. So. Cal's getting some love. Getting some Cal's getting some, getting some love. I mean. I would love to maybe take some action. I wanted to look at a couple of stats here, Pat, but your internet's – doo-doo at the moment. Uh, I think that's your computer. My internet's working just fine. Uh, all right. Well, maybe we'll look at that at the intermission. Moving on. Um, so I'll stay away from it. I'm kind of on the fence, but... You just um, got to go with your gut, Jameson. <laughs> you know, we don't need... Action. Uh, Remember week one... My we, gut is Arizona State to cover the, the five. Is that Friday night? Yeah, it's a Friday night game. It's just Friday night all over. I, I, it's Friday night. I'm, Friday night's fun to watch. That's I'm, why I like the only Because yeah. I, I watch that whole game. Yeah. If I can stay up that long, it starts like 10.30. Yeah, I'll be up. <laughs> what time's that kickoff? 10.30. 10:30. Oh, jeez. I'm going to be three sheets to the win. Three sheets to the win. Yes, you will. By Either. the end of that tech game in Blacksburg, I'm gonna stay away from it. I'm not gonna again. I'm not gonna be able to track any of these other Friday night games. That's paper. Other than three games talked about. Three games of paper. Damn, we're rolling. Okay, moving on. 
the old Big 12 shootout teams here. Texas Tech goes to Oklahoma. Oklahoma coming out at 25.5-point favorites. That line's moved to 27, but whenever I wrote that down, it was 25, so that's what we're going with, right? That's up to you guys. I, I, is that Friday night as well? We're moving into Saturday nah, it's now. Saturday. We're into Saturday at noon. Yeah, noon kick. It is at Oklahoma. Um, Jalen Hurts doing big-time things. I don't like this line. 25 and a half, is that what it is? 25 and a half. 27, I might be interested. Are we going to... We should probably keep what we have. That's a, I'm not going to take action. If you want to take the new updated lines with against one another, we can certainly do that. Uh, I think it's just interesting seeing how these things are going in right. literally an hour and a half span. It's crazy. It's weird. Um, but I'm going to pass. Okay. Pass. No action. No action. Move I do on. think Oklahoma is a uh, playoff team this year. They are really good. They are really good. Another team who I think is a playoff team this year, Wisconsin. Northwestern comes to town. I did watch that Northwestern Northwestern uh, Michigan State game a little bit last week. Um, <laughs> man, they don't have a lot of talent like speed or anything on the northwestern end they just muck it up they just look like they slowly but steadily try to move the ball and they just couldn't do it against that michigan state defense but anyways northwestern comes in after a loss against michigan state to wisconsin wisconsin's 24 point favorites i'll go with the wildcats on this one i think they're gonna muck it up they'll be able to stop i mean they're not gonna be able to stop jonathan taylor they'll be able to i i think the big thing in this one is wisconsin might have a little bit of a hangover you know, they just kicked shit out of Michigan, and sorry, Phil, but, I mean, I got the I got the Wildcats covering the 24 here. I'll, you know, I'll take the action. I'm not going <laughs> to deny any action over here. I'll take, I'll I'll, take uh, Wisconsin as well. I would say – Are I you going to double up? There? I'll double up. I would be a little more concerned if it's at Northwestern because that's when they really turn, uh, seem to kind of muck it up. They feel like they let the grass get a little high. They kind of like slow <laughs> everything down. Um, the one thing that I was the most impressed with out of Jonathan Th- Taylor last week. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, <laughs> I tried to say it. But uh, it was just how fast the dude is, too. Like, he's really patient. He's really good. But if you get him that outside, that dude can absolutely burn. Mm-hmm. Right? Reminds said, me of Le'Veon Bell. They, they were bit. saying in a 100-meter in high school when he ran track, he was in the 10th. Jeez. High 10s, which is absolutely ridiculous. And, and, and scooting. And here's another reason why I'm taking Wisconsin. If that Michigan State – if that Michigan State offense can do what they did against Northwestern, and Michigan State offense is bad. I think we've, we've cleared that a couple of times. They, they struggled against Tulsa. They struggled against uh, – who did they lose before Northwestern, Michigan State? Um, Arizona State. Arizona State. I mean, their defense is really, really good for Michigan State, but not their offense. And they were able to move the ball pretty easily, especially in that second half against Northwestern. Imagine what Jonathan Taylor – Thomas. They might not have to throw to the ball that whole damn game. Dude, he may run for another 200 yards. Um, he's my Heisman favorite so far this year, um, which will be nice. It will be nice to get a running back back in the uh, running of that Heisman trophy there. But I'll take Wisconsin to cover uh, that 24 points as well. So you got double paper, Pat. Double, double paper. paper. You got, fans, you guys can listen to that on or see that on ABC, 12 o'clock Saturday. All right, uh, moving on to uh, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, who kind of hung in there with Boston College last week. And Boston College is not a good team, even though they beat my Hokies. The Hokies had four turnovers in that game in week one. Then they turned around and struggled last week against Boston College. I think they lost pretty by pretty good uh, two or three possessions. 
But uh, Michigan w welcomes the uh, Scarlet Knight uh, from Rutgers. And Michigan is favored by 27. Give, um, give me Rutgers straight up. Money line. <laughs> <laughs> Going against your team. Oh, jeez. I, you, I don't even really? know if Michigan's going to – they might be playing their third-string quarterback, Joe Milton, who can't throw a damn ball. So, I mean, I think it's pretty interesting. I would definitely not take Michigan in the spread. I'm – that that might be more just me sour grapes and all, but I'm not believe I'm not a believer in this team at all. I, Army game and then followed up by that Wisconsin game. Coach Harbaugh's I'm about done with him. What what do you think happens in Ann Arbor if they lose this game? Oh, I think uh, there's gonna be there's gonna be some rumblings. I think I don't I don't know what Jim there's Harbaugh gonna be shit to be. set on fire if they lose this game. But I mean Rutgers, they should never ever ever lose to Rutgers. No, I, I agree. I agree. Unless Rutgers is like the trash of the Big Ten. Unless it's like the the Ray Pardon Rice, me, Rutgers, Ray man, Rice days. Ray Rice played at Rutgers. Yeah, right? he did. So unless it's Ray Rice is on the team, I think you're right. You should beat Rutgers day in day out. Here, here's the thing. I almost said something. Don't bad. say anything <laughs> controversial. <laughs> I shouldn't even brought up Ray Rice. Um, Tell him for right. Yeah, grief. Not like anybody's listening to this anyway. But uh, <laughs> more just fun for us. Yeah. Right. Uh, Man. Anyway. Uh, anyway, I'll take Rutgers and the points. Hey, wants here's to... the thing, though. I'll pass. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh is obviously a, re a recruiter. He's a swag coach, a players coach. And then you have your X's and O's coaches. I think Michigan needs a, well, a different he, style coach. I'll, be, I'll be honest. Here's what I think their problem is. I think this year, Jim Harbaugh is a good coach, I think. But he's good at certain things. He's good at, like, you know, the ground and pound. Fucking lining up in the eye formation and running fullbacks and shit like that. And they're trying to get away from that. And I guess maybe it's that transition where they're trying to spread, you know, run these RPOs and stuff. But it, it's, it's been a rocky, rocky Jim Harbaugh, in my opinion, is built for the NFL, not college. I would agree with that, even, even though he had a good run at Stanford. Um, but we'll see. I, I think you're right. I think sh shit's going to hit the fan if, if Michigan loses this game. I'm going to take Michigan to cover the 27. Right. Okay. Right. We got paper. paper. Yeah, going kinda... against my boys. Um. They've I don't know. Money I, all year, so what, what, what I don't know. I, I think uh, 27.5? 27. I mean, they need to come out and do something to kind of get this fan base excited again because I don't remember a, a time, and, I'm, and we've, been, we've had some down years the past decade that it's been quite this bad, to be honest. I've always been a little I'm surprised it's that high. I've always been a little more hopeful than I am right now. I, I'm surprised it's that high, but I, I, Rutgers is not good. Um, so, they, could, they didn't even score a point against Iowa. Yeah, yeah, and BC was able to do some things, and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Michigan does look pretty bad, too. I don't if know. Mich if Michigan I, cover that, you know, me losing five bucks, I'll still be happy. Yeah, you got to like that. So, moving on, uh, Texas A&M, who uh, lost to Auburn last week. So, now, you know, Texas A&M's lost two big games. And they've had some had a tough schedule. And they lost to Auburn. They've lost to Clemson. Yeah, that game was never really good. in doubt, though. I don't know if you guys even watched I any did. of that game. But I did watch it, and you're right. Auburn had complete control of that game from kickoff. Yeah. It wasn't as close as score indicated. Like, Auburn They, they came controlled. out hot on it, and they was yeah. like 14 nothing. They, they, they controlled that game in its entire I, Auburn's good. good. Auburn's really good. But Texas A&M goes to Arkansas, who was – Didn't just, Arkansas just lose to somebody? San Jose State. <laughs> Hey, I'll give you guys. I don't a, like the life of that. Hey, weird si side bet. Don't look at your computers. Who is the coach of San Jose State? I don't know. Three. 
too. Brent Brennan. Remember where he played? Uh, yeah. He was UCLA, Hawaii. UCLA in, quarterback. Oh, UCLA Cole, quarterback. I, I'm thinking of Cole Brennan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are they brothers? I don't think so. I'm not sure of the actual genealogy there. But was Cole Brennan from Is Hawaii? Is it Brett Brenner or Brett Brennan? Brett Brenner, maybe? I don't know. Uh, okay, well, anyways. Anyway. Uh, I don't think that has anything to do with the game. <laughs> no. But side note. Side note. Side note. Uh, Texas A&M goes to Arkansas. They just lost to Jose, San Jose State. Texas a and I think Texas A&M covers the 23-and-a-half. I like Texas A&M to yeah, cover the 23 I'm not going to mess with that. I'm not messing with that. I'm going to pass. They've kind of had a tough schedule. They probably want to show, you know, the world that they are. They do have a little bit. Okay. Arkansas might just be the, the whip and stick they need. All right. We'll do one more game before we take a quick intermission here on Cover 3U. Uh, Kansas. Less doing some things there in Kansas. Um, going to TCU. Uh, Kansas dropped like 40 or 50 points on BC. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, TCU is still the favorite in this matchup by 17. It dropped to 15 and a half, but we got 17 down there. Yeah, I'll take it, Kansas covering the I'll 17. I'll take Kansas covering the 17 too. I think Kansas kind of turning around a little bit. They're getting a little, you know, they're a little more proud of their football program out there. Les, Les Miles they, is doing some things. They battled with WVU, so I, I think that is a big spread. Um, that 17 anyway. 15 and a half might be a little more interesting, but, uh, yeah, I'm staying away from that. I, I would go Kansas as well, it seems like. All right, so there you have it. There, There's, uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight games – to start our uh, discussion here on Cover 3U Podcast Week 5, we'll take a short break and return here to action to play some more wagers. Here on Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. We are back here on Cover 3U, the college football degenerates podcast. Thank you for joining us uh, as we record this podcast on Monday afternoon, September 23rd. As we head into the Week 5 games, we continue uh, with our college football slate of the big-time college football favorite, Clemson Tigers go to North Carolina. Mac Brown trying to do some things over there. Has taken a couple of losses here. Back-to-back losses? Yeah, back-to-back losses. Back-to-back losses after ha- starting off with a 2-0 and start against... Can we call them Mac-to-Mac losses? <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, it. After starting 2-0 and with wins over South Carolina... We're here Mi- to make you laugh. In Miami, he, he loses to... Uh, Wake, who is, you know, I'm going to talk about them later, who's looking like a dark horse to maybe somewhat give Clemson a competition. Probably not, though. And then um, <laughs> then losing to Appalachian State uh, Appalachian last week. State's legit. And you though. caught it. That was, a game, that was one of the games you won against me. Um, one of the few that I lost last week was Appalachian <laughs> State, not only covering but winning the game after they tried a very long field goal at the end to send it to overtime. Uh, it was actually partially blocked by Appalachian State. I mean, what do you all think? If Clemson loses a game with that schedule, do they get booted from the playoff? <sighs> I mean, their schedule is garbage. Yeah, but but uh, by the way, Clemson's favored by 26.5 against North Carolina. But to answer your question, Pat, um, I don't think so, and here's why. I think the college football community, playoff committee has set this standard of they don't just evaluate your wins and losses. They truly do evaluate the talent. And I think clearly Clemson has some substantial talent, even if they do have a – don't get me wrong, if they slip now, it's going to be a major slip-up. 
I do think the committee will recognize how like, much. How do talent. you evaluate the talent though against when inferior opponents? That's true. And NC State. No, that, yeah. that's that's true. I'm looking at the schedule. I think if they lose the game, it depends on what everybody else does. But I think it's a good possibility they get booted. Mm-hmm. It's a possibility. I don't think they they do if they take care of business the rest of the way. If they slip, if they slipped up to somebody like North Carolina. I, mean, I don't know. It depends. You have to consider it. Is no, you do. Is anybody going with any action on this, uh, this game here? What do we have to spread? Give me the Tar Heels. I'll take the, the Tar Heels in 26 and a half. Uh, 26 and a half. Phil, you're, I always said that, you know, when you're as talented as Clemson, sometimes you get a little over-favored. And, I mean, do you think Clemson's over-favored? You usually say no. Clemson can cover just about anything. 26 you know, and a half is – I'm not hating this line right here. I'm, you know – I've taken Clemson with some 45-point spreads mm-hmm. and stuff like that this year. North Carolina's coming off a, a bad loss for them, mm-hmm. um, what they consider a bad loss. I'll, you know, I'll take the action on that. Okay. Give me, give me Clemson, because I think you're right. They're going to have to come out and just blow the doors off of teams and keep, keep impressing through this uh, shitty schedule the rest of the way. For what it's worth, I don't, I don't think they're going to slip up. Um, if I had to, looking at their schedule, if I had to uh, look out for Wake. I don't think Wake's going to beat him, but I don't know. Where is that game? Is that Clemson or at Wake? Do you have the schedule in front of you, Phil? Were you looking this at this one? This is at North Carolina. Uh, that Wake Clemson game one? is the second to last game of the season on November sixteenth, and it's at Clemson. So, yeah, this is. I mean, they'll be all right as long you know, barring injuries and things like that. Their schedule's sure. terrible. Jameson, do you want in on any of this? Um, no. Okay, I don't. I, I, I no, I don't. So all the next one. Moving on, uh, Ole Miss goes to Alabama. Alabama kind of in that same position as Clemson. However, they got a little bit more um, stronger schedule going against them here in the rest of the conference. I don't know if Ole Miss is one of them, but Bama's fi- uh, favored by uh, 34 and a half. What do you all think? It's a big number. I mean, they cover every week because they don't play anybody. Oh, Saban pisses me off. He always comes really close to covering and then doesn't. Um, Scotty Phillips for Ole Miss. Um, I have him on my fantasy team, actually. He's a great running back. He has 85 carries for 362 yards, four touchdowns. He's not going to have a big week. This line I do not think he's going to have a big week. I don't think – I think that's all Ole Miss has offensively is the running back. I don't think they have a, a passing attack whatsoever. This line has moved to 35-and-a-half in the hour-and-a-half or so since I wrote everything down. <laughs> How much? It's moved a that, full point. That leads me once to go ahead and take Alabama. That's – even it's though even though it's getting another point for Ole Miss? Yeah. Jameson, what do you think? I'm tempted. I'm tempted to think Ole Miss can cover. I mean, if if this game was in Ole Miss, I'd probably go after If Scotty Phillips can pick up a couple of first downs, slow the game down, run some clock, maybe Alabama doesn't have as many opportunities to score points. Um, I'll take I'll take Ole Miss. I like it. To keep it within 34 and a half. Now, Ole Miss has lost to Cal. They've lost to Memphis, but. I'm going to pass. I don't like this game. Yeah. He's baited, James. It's not. It's not. You did bait me. Here's the thing. I'm not. I I like Scotty Phillips to slow the game down just enough to prevent them from getting enough points, but we'll see. I'll take. We got paper. Paper. Uh, Moving on, USC goes to Washington. Um, Washington, who I am a big fan of here lately. Uh, Oh, Jacob Easton. Um, 
Former he, Georgia quarterback. Yeah, former Georgia quarterback. He is tossing the pigskin around, boys. Um, he's looked good every week. Jacob Eason has over 1,000 yards passing, 1,063 yards, 10 touchdowns. He's 87 for 119 passes, so he's just slinging it. This is the only only the second top 25 game of the week outside of Notre Dame-UVA. USC goes to Washington, and Washington's favored by 9.5. I like Washington to cover. I do. I like Eason to, to cover. USC has had some question marks here and there. They've lost that BYU game they shouldn't have lost. Uh, they did have a huge win against Utah, who which I was preaching all day. That I love you, Friday night football, man. Yeah. I love it. Is this I a Friday night up, game? Oh, that was a Friday night yeah, game. Yeah, that was a Friday night game. But you know, What do you think? I'll, I'll take some action on that. I'll take USC and their big, talented uh, wide receivers outside to kind of to make some noise in that game. Okay. Yeah, I, I – um, you know – I was big on Utah winning the Pac-12, and then USC just beat them. Now I'm all I'm on the Washington Husky bandwagon now. I think Washington Huskies now the, the Huskies are now your favorite to win the Pac-12. What's that? Nine and a half. Nine oh. and a half. We got paper. You know what? Fuck it. Uh oh. Give me USC as well. Double paper. Uh-oh. Double paper for Jay Twizzle here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like Pat coming in on my side. I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Washington's only loss was against Cal by a point, and that was early in the season. USC's on their third quarterback, too. I don't know why the hell I decided to go ahead and take this game, but I just it's been a while since I got involved. Next man up. I think I think the theme of this podcast is teams progressing and getting better, and I think progressing, and I think Washington's one of those teams, along with Pitt, that are starting to show huge strides as the season goes on. My boy Jacob Eason. I love him. Uh, moving on. Indiana at Michigan State. Michigan State's favored by 14 and a half. Indiana got smacked around a couple weeks ago by Ohio State. That's about all I know. Didn't Ohio State drop like 60 or 70 on them? Until until I see it, I don't think Michigan State's going to beat anyone by two touchdowns. Give me Indiana. Really? Even with that defense? What is it right now, 14 and a half? Ohio State dropped 51 on them, sorry. Yeah. And then uh, Ohio yeah, Indiana's, or Michigan State's favored by 14 and a half. Yeah. I feel like we talk about Michigan State a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's just one of them rare teams where one side of the ball is so good on the defense and then so bad on the other side of the ball. They, they just I, I personally just think that there's no way that Michigan State – Did you know Sparty cracked the, the top 25 this week? Did. It went 25, it looks like. Yep. Um, Phil, you know, you're I'm quiet gonna, over there. It looks like you're pondering. I am. I, you know, I'll go with them. I'll go with Michigan State to, to cover them. I'm kind of – to figure some things out. I'm leaning towards Sparty, too. Yeah, they caught, they they beat Northwestern at Northwestern by twenty one. I'm gonna stay away from it, <laughs> <laughs> but I like the bet, Phil. Thanks, Good luck, buddy. Thanks, I like that Michigan State defense. I got a lot of action this week. A lot of action. Indiana you, bouncing back pretty well from that Ohio State loss. They won thirty eight to three. Anybody has UConn. action going on this week? It's definitely I'm involved. You, you are involved in nine games so far. All right, I like. I, I think we've talked about this damn thing around. <laughs> okay. Uh, heading back to the uh, what the hell's going on ACC conference um, where nobody seems to be making a statement other than Clemson and maybe Wake Forest. Wake Forest goes to Boston College and they are favored by six. I talked about all that talent at running back, wide receiver. The Wake Forest has this little uh, RPO play where the quarterback holds on to it a little longer than your typical RPO play 
or your read option plays where he literally rides the running back all the way to the line of scrimmage, and then the quarterback will when we make his Pop decision. Pop it over, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's like the running back and quarterback's going in the same direction until the very last minute. Um, I'll take Wake. Yeah, I like Wake. I'm staying away from this one. I like Wake, too. Yeah. Um, you guys are way too excited about Wake for me. Yeah. Flipping me out. Carney, at running back. They got two running backs. And then Surratt at receiver. Surratt's legit. Surratt's legit. Wake's legit. I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that, you know, they come to Blacksburg this year. Ugh. Beat down 30 when that happens. <laughs> Again, player progression, Phil. Player progression. We have a lot of youth in Blacksburg that can progress from now to then. Moving on. Pat, I'll let you take the mic. UVA avoids the Old Dominion scare. They stay in the top 25. They move into 18 in the country in the AP rankings. They go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favored by 11. While there's two top 25 matchups this week, this is the only top 20 matchup this week. Um, what do you think, Pat? From the Notre Dame perspective, you can't let Georgia beat you twice. So you got to come off of this loss against Georgia where – you can play the, or you can say that you can play with the big boys. That was evident. Um, but Notre Dame has struggled against running quarterbacks, and Bryce Perkins is a running quarterback. Um, do that, I? That offensive I, line for UVA is terrible. That's why Bryce Perkins is a running quarterback because he has to run for his life. But continue. I, I, to I, me, to me, I mean, I think Notre Dame's offense will be able to do its thing. Um, against UVA's defense. I could see this being a fairly high-scoring game. I, I can. Um, you know, Notre Dame's defense proved a lot last week uh, that they are, in fact, fast, hard-hitting, and legit. But uh, I'm going to stay away from this line. I was always told by my old man that you bet with your head, not with your heart. I think the and Irish cover easily. You think? Easily. I'll take you on that. Let's go. Easily. Here's why. The, the UVA's offensive line is that's two weeks in a row, Florida State, Old Dominion. UVA's offense consists of Perkins making plays with his feet. I can't tell you how many touchdowns they score. You think it's going to be a shootout? No. You take care of Perkins. You put a spy on him. You take care of him on the offensive side of the ball. UVA's defense is pretty damn good. But, no. Nah, Notre Dame, Brian Kelly and that coaching staff smart enough to contain Perkins and win by a couple of two touchdowns. I'm counting on 12 false starts from Notre Dame this week. Well, they're not going to be on the road, so I think we'll be all right there. Yeah, I, I think – So we have paper with uh, Phil taking UVA plus the 11 and Notre Dame for Jamison minus 11. Notre Dame by two touchdowns, 14 to 17 points is what I'm thinking. Uh, I think UVA hangs in for a half, and then that offensive line, they're, just, they're not going to score a lot of points. But we'll see. Moving on. Mississippi State goes to Auburn. Uh, Auburn's favored by 11. Mississippi State's one of them teams from the SEC we like to dog on. At least you do, Pat. What do you think? Uh, what is that? Mississippi State and Auburn? Yeah, What's Auburn's favored by Auburn. 11. That's 11. 11. That's a weird line. Part of me thinks, oh, you know, Auburn's going to come out and kick the shit out of them. And then um, the other part of me thinks, well, there might be a little bit of a hangover from the Texas A&M win. Um, I'm going to stay away from this game. I don't like it. I like Auburn. I like Auburn, too, here. Yeah, I like Auburn. Um, I think 11 is a pretty generous line. I think it should be more around 14, maybe 15 and a half. I agree. Just about every game Mississippi State's been in has been within 10 points outside of Southern Miss. 
you know, they're just kind of on the fence of winning or losing a game. Um, they did beat Kentucky by 15. I take that back. But it's been a two-possession game, and they haven't played against every team they've played. And um, they haven't played anybody. They haven't played nearly the they haven't played anybody. Auburn has. And meanwhile, Auburn's winning by two possessions and, and, and playing, playing big-time football right. teams. So I would take Auburn, too, the more I think about it. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't recommend anyone betting on this game. But Yeah, continue uh, – Expect Bo Nix to have a big game, that one. Watch it. Um, moving on, Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State um, loses to Texas last week in a game that we thought would be a shootout. It was kind of a shootout, not as much as we thought it would be. But Oklahoma State is favored by four against Kansas State. Um, what do you, Who do you all got? You guys? Chris Kleiman's doing a good job with Kansas State. I, mean, I watched them play the other week, and I actually really like the way they look as far as – their defense, kind of their skill position players. Who Oklahoma State? Um, that quarterback, that Skyler Kansas guy made fun of Kansas. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That guy can ball out. Um, I I think if I had to go with the team, it'd be Kansas State. But, you know, I, I'm not completely sold on, on yeah. this game. Give me the team that runs the ball better. I think that's Oklahoma State. They're ba- they're balanced in running and passing. Chubba Hubbard, who I talked about last week for Oklahoma State, he has 103 carries for 642 yards. Um, they're passing. I would go with Oklahoma State. Yeah, here they're too. passing and rushing attacks really good off- offensively. Kansas State is in the top twenty-five. They're ranked twenty-four this week. Give me Oklahoma State. Are you taking Kansas State? You want Phil? Kansas State, Phil? Come on! You said you're going to take action every week or every game. Double action, though. Double action. Take the Wildcats. I'm not. The three and zero. Bring it. <laughs> the three and zero with a big win against your boys Bowling Green, Pat. Fifty-two to nothing in week two. Bowling Green, side note on them real quick. They have a bye week as they prepare to go to Notre Might Dame Might be the next only week. game they don't lose the rest of the way. <laughs> so we have double paper. Uh, Phil, uh, Pat and I have Oak State. Phil has Kansas State. The spread is four. I'll definitely have to find where that game is on television and give it a watch. Uh, moving on to Stanford, who is uh, – I don't know. I I don't know what's going on at Stanford. This is the second season in a row where things are kind of in a downward spiral. But uh, they go to Oregon State, the Beavers, who haven't been relevant for a while now. Um, not a very jazzy matchup here, but Stanford's favorite three and a half. Um, it's at Oregon State. I think both teams are kind of cruddy. This so, shit. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like this game at all. I don't like it at all either. I'll go with the Beavers. I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I like the Beavers too, but I wouldn't even bet on them if I had to. That's so, a hard time with it. They're just both struggling, and when you have two teams struggling like that, you never know what you're going to get. Um, so you have two teams struggling, you kind of take the home team there. But I, yeah, they're both both of their defenses are abysmal. They're giving up you know forty some points every week, fifty some points. Um, I'll yeah, the next one. bad defensive matchup. No paper. Moving on, Ohio State goes to Nebraska. Game day is going to be there, um, which I think is a good choice. Lincoln's, a, uh, even though it's not a top 25 matchup, you know, uh, Frost is doing some big things at Nebraska, and Lincoln's a pretty cool place. And you got Ohio State coming to town to Nebraska. Ohio State is favored by 17 and a half. Interesting spread. 17 and a half? 17 and a half is this what is, I have. This is the kind of game that Ohio State has dropped in years past. You know, they go to Purdue, who's unranked. They get the doors blown off of them. You know, I mean, those kind of 
it, it's about time for Ohio State to get tested, in my opinion. I think this might be the week to do it. Give me the Cornhuskers and the 17.5 points under the lights in Lincoln. Ooh. I hope so. I hope Martinez does some big things. He's starting to pick it up. Uh, he's on my fantasy team. He, he's over 1,000 yards passing. He's come a long way from week one when they played. Uh, I forget who they played in week one, but I remember after week one, Martinez, uh, they played South Alabama. He looked like poo-poo. Yeah. Um, and he's really come a long way and starting to put up big numbers. I'll take that. I'll take that. Give me uh, Justin Fields and the Buckeyes for um, a big game there. And Lincoln kind of just shitting all over the Cornhusker season right there. So you're taking Ohio State minus 17 and a half, and yep. I got Nebraska. Nebraska plus 17 and a half. I like Ohio State, but I'm not going to bet because it's in Lincoln on game You're day. not going to bet because of my fucking record. <laughs> he is intimidated. You is not intimidated? Uh, <laughs> Let's call him right see, here. I'm <laughs> creeping up on you, bub. I'm creeping right up on you. Uh, moving on. I'm not going to take action. I, I, I like Ohio State to win big, but you know what? That's going to be a big-time environment. Uh, moving on, NC State at Florida State. Florida State's favored by six. I um, hate this game. Yeah, you know, NC State was expected to be another team to kind of make some huge progressions, and they're not. Um, they they kind of took a step back when they lost in week three against West Virginia. Um, I like – I think I like – Oh, man. I don't know who I like in this game. I'm going to stay away from it. I'm going to stay away. I don't like it. Absolute shit show. <laughs> I think Cam Akers has a big day. Um, it's at Florida State. What time's that kick? Do you have 7.30. Maybe I'll watch it. I think it would be a good game to watch. Uh, moving on, Kentucky at South Carolina. South Carolina's favored by four. Um, the Gamecocks are just kind of all over the place as well. Kentucky trying to ride high after a big season last year. What do y'all got? South Carolina just keeps dicking me week after week. <laughs> I keep thinking they're better than they are, and every week they prove to me that they are not. Um, I'm, so, give me that being said, let's see if I can get dicked one more time this week. I'll take. Uh, I'll take South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, I'll take South Carolina too. Oh, really? Yeah. See, you know the moment. What's I, the lineup, James? South Carolina's one and three, zero oh and two in the eight, yeah. SEC. The line is that. Um, Four. South Carolina's favored by four. So Kentucky has to keep it within a field goal, you're telling me? Mm-hmm. That's Give me Kentucky. Saying. Give me paper. Give me Kentucky because ever since I started betting against – because I was like you in week one, week two with South Carolina. And then I bet against South Carolina last week when they lost to Missouri. They got handled by Missouri. Um, or no, Whenever Mississippi game. State. No, it was Missouri. No, it was Missouri. Sorry, Missouri. Whenever yeah. game. Yeah. That spread was nine and a half, and they lost by what? Give me 20. Kentucky. Yeah, give me Kentucky. I think they, they – What do you get, with, four points? I get four points. Okay. Yeah. Paper, double paper again. Yeah. Look out. Uh, although Kentucky is not passing the ball well, the quarterback, Smith, is four touchdowns, four picks, under 600 yards. Well, that kind of scares me, but I don't know. I like Kentucky. Moving on, Washington State – at Utah, that game against UCLA was nuts. I think Washington State went in big time, and then UCLA. Their quarterback, is... and you all might want to check this because I'm not. I just saw it, and I was. He threw nine touchdowns. He has 21 touchdowns on the season. Yeah, just fucking throwing it. 21 through four games. Just throwing it all. And over he the lost. Place. That's five and a quarter a game. Yeah, and he lost. And he lost. Well, that against game was UCLA. Stupid. But... Well, it goes back to 
Pac-12 is going back to the days of being known of not playing defense. I don't know if that's ever changed, really. What's this line at, Jameson? Utah's only favored by six and a half. Give me the Utes. I know they. I'll take hey, Utah. I said Utah was a Pac-12 favorite. Even though they lose to USC this week, I still think they're a great program. I think they beat Washington State after that abysmal crap show of the defensive performance last week Give against me Utah. UCLA. I'll take Utah Give with you. Give me the Utes. Yeah, come on. Phil, jump on that. No, I'm not Double gonna do paper. I'm not going to do that. I'm staying away. I'll try to hype it. Yeah. Anymore. You tried. All right. His brain got involved. Yeah. All right, so this is the final game that we'll talk about before I head into my two-minute drill for being your winner last we week. We might do one bonus game, but go ahead. Uh, that ga- Okay, well, this one's UCLA, the team who made that impressive comeback against Washington State and uh, dropped uh, however many points it was against Washington State, 67 to 63. <laughs> that game was ridiculous. Anyways, th- it's at Arizona. Arizona's favored by eight. I'm not going to touch this game because it's the Pac-12 is crazy. Yeah, I'm out. I was going to bet on it. I'd take Arizona. Yeah. I think right. that last week, that UCLA game, I think that was kind of uh, the exception. So get this. UCLA's first three games offensively. Cincinnati, they put up 14. San Diego State, they put up 14 and lose. Oklahoma, they put up 14 and lose. They're 0-3, going to Washington State. They're down by two or three scores heading into halftime last week, and they end up beating Washington State with 67 points. Whew. After putting up 14, 14, 14. What the hell happened, Washington State? But anyways, I'm not touching that game. I'm right? not touching it. Let's, uh, can I give the bonus game of the week? Real quick, but what do you want? Minnesota traveling to Purdue. Purdue is favored by a point. Yeah, it's like a coin flip there. Yeah, it's a, it's a pick Give me Purdue. I'd take Purdue. Minnesota. There we <laughs> go. Literally. Hey, the re- only reason I just – I wanted another bet in there, and the reason I'm taking Purdue is um, my homeboy at receiver. Um, what's his name? Gosh. Oh, it's um, uh, Kako. God, now I gotta look it up so I don't sound like an idiot on this podcast. I'll find it. Hold on. It's already happened. It's already happened. <laughs> Too late. Uh, <laughs> Moore, Rondell Moore, twenty-seven <laughs> catches, three hundred sixty-nine yards, two touchdowns. He didn't get hurt, did he? I feel like. Anyways, I don't care. I already took the Purdue Bullermakers. Yeah. So that concludes well. our paper. that concludes our week five games and our wagers. We'll take a short break, and I'll give you my two-minute drill. And uh, we'll close this podcast out right. All right. We're back here at the Cover 3 U College Football Degenerates <laughs> podcast where myself, the Hokie fan, Jameson, will give you my two-minute drill for being last week's winner for the second week straight. I'm going to keep it short to, for the sake of the podcast uh, link. I'm going to cut in for a second. The emphasizing of the second week straight. I think we got to win this week. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to ride that while I can. Um, but I'm going to talk about the new transfer policy in college football. You see a lot of players uh, leaving early, and if they don't get playing time right away, uh, they just skedaddle. Well, I'm here to tell you that is going to be tough for some of these smaller programs that are not your Alabamas, that are not your Oklahomas, your Ohio States, to be able to develop and contend for a national championship. Your programs like, well, Virginia Tech, and I use Virginia Tech as a, an example because that's the team I follow the most, or even your schools like even North Carolina – or um, even your mid-Power 5 teams are going to struggle because in order for those teams to succeed, they're not going to have top five recruiting classes every year. they got to redshirt players. Redshirt, redshirt, redshirt. If you're a college football fan, you want your team to redshirt as many players as possible. Virginia Tech isn't doing that right now because they have players leaving, and the reason for that is they're not getting playing time right away. Virginia Tech starting running back, leading running back, rather, statistically this year, and their starting receiver statistically this year leading are both true freshmen. 
And that's why we're not going to progress. So get off Fuente's back a little bit. Let him, give him a chance to develop players. It's all about developing football players in college football. That's why I love this sport. I hope the Hoagies continue to get better. I hope your team continues to get better. These are young athletes who are putting in the work every day. They just got to stick around and be willing to be coached up a little bit. Guys, enjoy your week five of college football. You as well. Thank you for joining us on the Cover 3U College Football Degenerates. Hey, Rutgers.